Bismillah, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Salatu Salam, Ala Rasulillah, Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Wa Wala, Amma Ba'd. So today, Assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Ta'ala Wa Barakatuh. How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah. So today, Inshallah Ta'ala, we are covering hadith number five in Arba'in al Nawi. And the hadith is as follows An Ummil Mu'minin, Ummi Abdullah, Aisha Radiallahu Anha, Kalat. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من أحدث في أمرنا هذا ما ليس منه فهو رد that on the authority of the mother of the faithful or the mother of the believers عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها she said that the Prophet mentioned and said what that من أحدث في أمرنا هذا whoever introduces something into this matter of ours and this matter of ours is referencing Islam فهو رد then it is rejected this is a hadith mentioned in Bukhari and Muslim and so many other uh, hadith books. And there is another version of it in Sahih Muslim as well. Uh, the Prophet says, What? Man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna raddun. Slightly different wording, but same idea, which is whoever does an act which is not on our affair will have it rejected. It will be rejected. So, first and foremost, who is Umm Abdullah? Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. She is the daughter of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. She is the wife of of the Prophet she was born nine hij- uh, nine, uh, uh, in nine before Hijrah, and then she passed away at the uh, uh, 58 uh, after Hijrah, AH, after Hijrah. She narrated 2,210 ahadith. SubhanAllah, her life is uh, incredible because uh, SubhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had revealed it to the Prophet that he should marry her, and uh, this was uh, something which was truly miraculous because you, anybody could claim, oh yeah, God told me to marry her. But the proof of it was that she was very young, very inquisitive, very, very, had a very sharp mind. She learned so much from the life of the Prophet and then after his passing, she lived a long life teaching the ahadith of the Prophet and teaching the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to mankind. And this is truly amazing because there are many issues that the other sahaba could not have access to what the Prophet's life was like inside the home. How the Prophet would pray his Qiyamul layl You know, household issues. These are all narrations that were dependent upon the wives of the Prophet and specifically Aisha who was young and could live a long life and was very inquisitive. She wouldn't settle for just information. She would always ask, why is this? Why is it like that? And because of her inquisitive nature, she learned so much and taught so much for many, many years from behind a curtain, from behind this hijab. She would teach uh, all sorts of people. And so, uh, subhanAllah, like I said, thousands of narrations. And on top of that, there is a beautiful book called uh, by uh, Saeed al-Dakhil. He, he wrote a book which is 767 pages long called Mawsu'atu Fiqhi Aisha, Umil Mu'minin Hayatuha wa Fiqhuha, which means, uh, uh, which is translated as the encyclopedia on the fiqh of Aisha, the mother of the believers, her life and her fiqh. So imagine, we're talking about, subhanAllah, such a huge encyclopedia just dedicated to to her life and specifically her fiqh. All the narration she, she narrated and all the different uh, ahkam or rulings or, or different opinions that she had uh, regarding Islamic law. So subhanAllah, this is a very important figure in Islamic history. So why, does, why do we call her Umm al-Mu'mineen, the mother of the believers? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, النَّبِيُّ أَوْلَى بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَأَزْوَاجُهُ أُمَّهَاتُهُمْ That the Prophet is more worthy of the believers than even themselves. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ahzab that the Prophet he is more worthy to your obedience and, and to, that we listen to him even when your own shahawat go against it. You should uh, subdue those shahawat and you should obey the Prophet that he is more worthy of the believers than, the, than, than their own selves. 
and that his wives are their mothers. Now, does this mean literally? Obviously not from a physical perspective, but from they're in the position of uh, a mother, as in we take from their examples, uh, especially our sisters, and also we learn from them, and uh, obviously nobody can marry their mother, and therefore after the death of the Prophet nobody could marry the wives of the Prophet This is part of the fiqh uh, of Islam. Um, and so yeah, if ever you're asked the question, what is a sin that is, this is one of those like trivia questions, you know, what is a sin that Allah Ta'ala prohibited that nobody has ever done? This is a nice, if ever you want to like really confuse a crowd, you can just ask that as an abstract question. What is something Allah prohibited that nobody on earth, ha earth has ever, ever done? And people will think and think and think and be like, I don't know, I don't know. And subhanAllah, well, the answer is that uh, marrying the wives of the Prophet Sallallahu this was uh, something that was prohibited and it was never, ever done, walhamdulillah. So, after, of course, after his passing, um, uh, other than himself. So also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? مَا كَانَ مُحَمَّدٌ أَبَا أَحَدٍ مِّنْ رِجَالِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ وَخَاتَمَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمًا That Muhammad is not the father of any of your men, rather he is the messenger of Allah and the last of the prophets. This is also an important ayah describing how the ummahat, are, the, 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 his wives are like our mothers. He is not the literal father of any of our men, but he is in the position of a father figure. And this is because we know that, subhanAllah, a father figure is uh, the role of somebody that uh, we emulate, somebody that we learn from, somebody that has our best interest in mind, somebody that loves us. And so that is, that is the attitude we should have for, uh, you know, uh, obviously with... Uh, uh, SubhanAllah. Foolish. I forgot this. I apologize. Anyway. Um, Obviously, uh, 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 yes, this is something that we need to uh, keep in mind, the status of the Prophet ﷺ, and have that love for him and see him from that perspective. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam bisawab. So going on to the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ says what? Man ahdatha, whoever introduces. What does it mean to introduce an affair to this deen of Islam? What does that imply? To introduce an affair implies that you are adding to it. Adding to it implies what? That there is some sort of a deficiency that there is something missing, that it is okay, but you're just going to make it a little bit better. That is the implication when you ahdatha fi amrina, when you add something. You can't add to perfection. In fact, adding to perfection only makes it worse. You can't add, subtract, or distort anything to perfection. And Allah Ta'ala says what? اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا That this day I have perfected for you your religion and completed my favor upon you and I have approved for you Islam as your religion. So what does this imply? that Islam is a deen that does not require any additions. So anybody who wants to add some sort of uh, ibadat, some sort of act of worship and say, this is how we complete it or perfect it, subhanAllah, this is all incorrect. The, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, وَمَنْ يَبَتَغِي غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا فَلَنْ يُقْبَلَ لَهُ فَلَنْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْهُ وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Whoever desires other than Islam as a religion, it will never be accepted of him, and he in the hereafter will be amongst the losers. So clearly, this is what's implied here by man ahdatha, whoever introduces something. Fi amri amrina hadha. What does it mean, this affair of ours? Why doesn't the Prophet simply say Islam? If, he's, if the implication here is Islam, why not just say Islam? Why say in this affair of ours? Because an affair or a matter is something that has implications. It implies what? That it's of your concern. It implies that this is something that you busy yourself with. 
These are all implications of an amr, an affair. And so uh, uh, by saying it this way, and also by saying amrina, our affair, it's not my affair. This is not my personal thing. Each and every single Muslim should feel a sense of responsibility for the ummah and for the spread of Islam. So subhanAllah, this hadith, it's very beautifully worded to say, listen, this is your affair too. You should have a little bit of ghira and some protective jealousy over this Islam. You should want to spread it and give it a good, uh, make sure that it is presented in the best of forms. Take some responsibility for your deen. That's kind of what's implied when the Prophet says what? Amrina hadha. Man ahtadha fi amrina hadha, ma laysa minhu. What is not from it? So what makes something from it and not from it? We know that the primary sources of Islam are, of, in Islam are the Qur'an and the Sunnah and Ijma'ah. And secondary sources are what? Uh, qiyas and Qawl al-Sahaba. So, Qur'an, the book of Allah. A sunnah means the narrations from the Prophet ﷺ, whether his words, or his descriptions, or his approvals, silent approvals, or um, uh, uh, his actions. And ijma' is what the entire ummah has agreed upon, something that is not debatable. Everybody has agreed upon. This is Qur'an, sunnah, ij and ijma'. Qiyas is making an analogy on something established, and then uh, making a, a parallel, and drawing some sort of analogy to make a conclusion about something else. And qawla sahaba is, you know, the sayings of the sahaba. The secondary, these are secondary sources. So if you do not base your deen on these primary sources, obviously primarily, or at least upon these secondary sources, then what? فَهُوَ رَدٌ Then it is rejected. فَهُوَ رَدٌ What does it mean that it is rejected? It implies that there will be no reward in it. So, uh, Al-Haytami, he has a, rahimahullah, he has a very interesting way of dividing this hadith up. He divides this hadith, the, 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 con or, excuse me, the concept of rejection, he divides it into two perspectives. He's, this divides rejecting uh, in terms of what? That which is not sanctioned by Islam and that which is missing some sort of essential characteristic. Both of these are implied when you invent something new or when you ahtathafi amrina, when you try to invent something new. So let's go for the first one. What does it mean that something is not sanctioned in Islam? So for instance, if I say to you, I'm going to stand outside in the sun all day and just bake and this is going to be my jihad. This is going to be my juhud. This is going to be my struggle. This is going to be my sacrifice lillah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is something like this allowed? Is this pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yes or no? No. And we know this because this actually happened during the time of the Prophet ﷺ. There's a specific hadith mentioned in Ibn Majah and in other narrations. Anna Rasulullah That the Prophet ﷺ was passing by a man in Mecca who he saw him standing in the sun. And he said, what is this? What is this guy doing? قالوا, they said, نظر أن يصوم ولا يستظل إلى الليل ولا يتكلم ولا يزال قائما. They said that he vowed to fast and not to speak to anybody and oh, not to seek shade and not to speak to anybody and uh, until nighttime. Uh, and then, and he would remain standing the entire time. So, there's a few aspects here. No talking, remain standing, no shade, and fasting. Four different aspects. The Prophet responds, قال, لِيَتَكَلَّمَ وَلْيَسْتَغْذِلَّ وَلْيَجْلِسَ وَلْيُتِمَّ صِيَمَهُ Beautiful. Uh, regarding those four, let him talk. This fasting, no speaking thing, drop that. Let him talk, go ahead, speak. As for number two, let him seek shade. You don't have to stand in the sun all day. Number three, me. Let him sit, no problem. You don't have to stand all day. And finally, as for the fast, continue it. Complete your fast. So subhanAllah, this is a beautiful hadith saying, listen, you can't just make up things and say, these are going to be my sacrifices. It can only be the sacrifice that is actually sanctioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is what? 
not eating during or not eating or drinking or engaging in um, uh, intimacy during the daytime, that is a legitimate form of getting closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You know, I really think the easiest way to understand this. If somebody comes up to you and says, hey, do this because it's going to really please God. God's going to be really happy if you do this. Even common sense says, how do you know? Why would you say that? Who are you? Are you a messenger of God? How do I know you're a messenger of God? Do you have miracles? Like, why, how, why, why, why should I believe you, right? Why should I believe somebody who just says, trust me, trust me, God's going to like this. What do you mean trust you? How, how, who are you to speak on behalf of God if you're, unless you are a messenger of God? That's the whole idea. That if you are the messenger of God and you can prove it through very rigorous methods... Uh, which all the MBA had various ways of proving that they were actually speaking on behalf of God, then, okay, maybe we have a conversation here. But without that, I'm sorry, uh, I'm simply not impressed. Uh, 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 so uh, you can't just go around saying, oh, this is pleasing to God. Why? Because I said so. Uh, that is simply not uh, uh, valid. Now, so he's, that's something that's completely not sanctioned. Another thing is, what did he say? Something that is essential that is missing, a, a, an essential characteristic that is missing. For example, prayer without wudu. If somebody says, no, no, I do my salawat, I just never make wudu. So, this is, salah is sanctioned. But salah without wudu, this is a missing essential characteristic, and therefore, dun. then it is rejected. Now, here's an interesting question. If somebody were to ask the question, okay, it says, man ahdatha fi amrina hadha, whoever invents something in our affair of ours. But what if I don't invent it? What if I just copy something that somebody else invented? Is that valid or not? It's not valid. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. Ahsan, tabarakallah fiqh. Takbir. MashaAllah. Excellent. Well done. Uh, that's right. It is not valid. It is not valid. And the reason why is actually quite interestingly, because the first hadith does say whoever invents something, right? And you could say, well, I didn't invent it. You know, it's been part of my tradition for many, many years that we do this part of Islam, even though it's not connected to Quran or Sunnah. The answer to that is, what about the second hadith? Man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna radun. The second hadith says, whoever does an action, any action that is not upon our affair, then it is rejected. So it doesn't mention that you have to particularly invent it. Anybody could have invented it as long as it's not upon this affair of Qur'an and Sunnah, then it is rejected. So I hope that's clear. And so it's beautiful how one hadith mentions it one way, the second one mentions it in a way that even clarifies this one strange, you could say, doubt. It's very beautiful that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, who was the best of the Sahaba, subhanAllah, he, on his very... In his very, very first speech, when inaugurated to become the Khalifa, what did he say? One beautiful thing that he said is, Ayyuhan nas, O people, innama ana muttabi'un walastu bimubtadi'in. He goes, O people, I am a follower, I am not an innovator. By the way, the term innovator is a kind of not the best translation. We use this term innovator in a negative, but in the English term innovator is actually positive. You know, oh, he's, he's an innovator. It's like a good thing, right? Maybe a better translation for mubtadi' is somebody who perverts the deen. That's, you know, somebody who makes it ugly, who transforms it in a bad way. Because innovation sounds like a positive, right? So it's, it's kind of a difficult word. We all, we're so addicted to the word innovator for bid'ah. But perhaps a better term is somebody who perverts the deen. So basically he says, I am a muttabi', I'm a follower, I'm not a mubtadi', somebody who is going to pervert or invent in this deen and destroy this uh, deen. فَإِنْ أَحْسَنْتُ فَأَعِينُونِي وَإِنْ زِغْتُ so if I do good, then help me. And if I go astray, then straighten me. SubhanAllah. This is what, imagine as a leader, this is the first thing you tell your people. Now that you are t- 
taking the position, you're the Khalifa to Rasulullah Sallallahu You are now the Khalifa, the, 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 the successor of the Prophet Sallallahu Now you're standing in this very huge maqam. You're in this great status. The first thing you say, I'm going to follow. I'm not going to invent anything new. And if I go a little bit astray, you straighten me. And if I do right, if I keep straight, then follow me and help me in that. SubhanAllah, beautiful words and very simple, straightforward words. Now, another way to distribute or divide and understand this concept a little bit better, and this is really, really, I would say, the crux, the crux of the talk. So I hope, inshallah, if you haven't gotten anything else, pay attention to this point. Any action can be divided between, into two, okay? There are ibadat and mu'amalat, okay? Ibadat refers to worship. Mu'amalat refers to human interactions. If you want to make it really simple, ibadat, vertical. Mu'amalat, horizontal. Everybody get this? Gets this? How do you interact with Allah? How do you interact with people? Okay? These are the two, these are the two types of actions you can take in life. When it comes to ibadat, worshipping of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the maxim, if you will, or the principle is this. Everything is haram until proven halal. Okay? Or another way you could say it is guilty until proven innocent. Right? So what does this mean? That if somebody says, oh, you know what you should do? You should start jumping up and down because God loves that. No. I, my default position is what? Wrong. Until you prove it. Guilty until proven innocent. Haram until proven halal. Oh, do this because God loves it. Do that because God loves it. No. And so the, the, the legal maxim or the qawaid fiqhiyyah, as they say, is al-aslu fil-ibadati al-hadr. That the asl, the principle when it comes to ibadat, when it comes to worship, is al-hadr. Hadr means uh, 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 caution. Or uh, atawakuf, to stop. Or al-mana' prevention. There's many different ways of wording it, but the, the, the point is still the same. When, when people make claims about what is pleasing to Allah, you should be very, very careful. That's a big claim. Are you a messenger? Are you re- reporting something from the Messenger? Are you reporting something from Allah's words? If not, I'm not interested. Mu'amalat are the exact opposite. Mu'amalat are human interactions, dealing with people. And the maxim, you could say, is the exact opposite. Everything is halal until proven haram, or innocent until proven guilty. You guys get it? So in other words, if somebody comes up with a new sport, is there, are there any ahadith about basketball? Are there any ahadith about cricket? Maybe it's haram. No. You can make, come up with a, we could, we could start brainstorming and coming up with all sorts of new sports. New drinks. Are there any ahadith about guava juice? I'm not, I don't think, I don't know. Allah Allah, maybe there are. I, I'm not aware of any ahadith about guava juice. But guess what? Guava juice, halal. Why? Or, or whatever else you can invent, right? I don't know, uh, a new espresso or something, you know? There's no ahadith about espressos, halal. Why? Because the maxim is what? Al-aslu fil ashya'i ibaha. Al-aslu fil ashya'i al-ibaha. That the principle or the, the base the base principle in just things, in regular things in life, is ibaha. It's mubah. It's allowed. It's permissible. So whether it be a new sport or a new drink or a new place to go, are there any hadith about going to Fiji, right, the island? No, there doesn't have to be. Go wherever you want. Only when there is evidence to prove otherwise. Every drink is halal except for the alcoholic ones, clearly. Every, uh, uh, you know, sport or every physical interaction you can do, halal, except for what? Uh, if, yeah, please. Every physical interaction you could do is halal except what? Let's say killing each other, obviously. And so on and so forth. We'll continue in the second half.